Good morning. This is our third Sunday uh, away from Chapman Gate. And uh, I must admit, looking back over this last few weeks, it's been encouraging in lots and lots of ways. I believe we, uh, we, we are stepping forward in fellowship and in communication and caring for one another, which are all very, very positive. Uh, this morning as we meet together, I, I just want to share a few thoughts about two gardens. I was going to preach on just one, but then I felt the Lord just showed me uh, the, the link of the two. Uh, the first garden is the first garden in Scripture, the Garden of Eden. God had fulfilled all of his creation, and Adam uh, had been created. And um, and he settled in this wonderful garden, which is uh, really uh, an amazing thing. The more I consider it and look at it, if we read about the rivers that flowed through the garden. It wasn't just something that was a few meters square. It was a vast area, an, an area where Adam could go and explore and to to look around and 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 uh, and we're told that God brought all the animals to Adam to have them named. So the animals came along and he said, "Well, that's a lion, and that's a giraffe, and uh, and that's a sheep, and that's an ant." And and then he gave names to to, to all these creatures, and uh, he, he was kept busy. And I believe that God likes busy people. We need to be busy. Yeah, there are times when we need to be quiet and reflective and considerate, but we also need to be getting on with the job. Moses was chosen by God when he was looking after the sheep in the desert. David was prepared for, for becoming a king as he served um, his father looking after those sheep. And um Different people at different times. Matthew was was at the seat of custom, taking tax from uh, from people when Jesus called him. And and it's important that we are busy putting our faith into practice. That we are busy looking to do whatever job we're doing well, because that is how God has shaped us, and that is how we can input society with our lives. And Adam was here in this garden. And Eve came alongside and, uh, and together they, they be, they became the great, 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 great grandparents of all of humanity. When God showed them the garden, there were trees and plants that were given for food and they were good to look at and wholesome. Uh, but God made one rule. One rule only, do not eat from the tree in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Do not eat from this tree. Uh, one of my uh, recent considerations was how long was it that, Abraham, that, um, that Adam was in that garden, ageless, like a Peter Pan character? Did it last for weeks? Did it last for months? Did it last for years? 
Could it have been centuries? Could it have been millennia? How long were they there living and enjoying life in uh, that garden? It doesn't really matter, uh, but it's an interesting thought. But no matter how long it was, they came to a point where they chose Eve first when the serpent came and said, did God really say that you would die? Did he really say that? And the doubt was placed into Eve's mind and uh, she had a look and she saw that the, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil looked profitable, the fruit looked nice and good and she partook of it. And then she went and took some to Adam, told him where it came from, and um, he partook as well. And when it came to that point where they partook of the tree of good and evil, something changed. Something died within them. Something that was precious came to an end. And when God came, that he did to walk in the garden with Adam and with Eve. They were hiding. Because when they knew what was good and what was right, and knew what was wrong and shouldn't happen, they recognized that they were naked and made clothes for themselves. And God said, why has that occurred? In order to cover up their nakedness, the scriptures tell us that God produced animal skins. The first sacrifice for sin was performed by God the Father in the Garden of Eden when he killed an animal to cover up the nakedness of Adam and Eve. And they were taken out of the garden not because God didn't love them, but because they had to be away from eating the tree, from the tree of life. Because of the sin that had entered their lives, they could have no fellowship with the divine. If we scroll forward several thousand years, and we come to the beginning of the Easter story, on Friday, we'll be remembering the death of the Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary. And just shortly before that, in fact, in between his arrest and the Last Supper, we have this uh, account of Jesus going to another garden, the Garden of Gethsemane. Many battles are won by armies who are well prepared, who have got themselves into the right place to deal with the enemy. And the battle really that uh, gave victory ultimately on Easter Sunday was fought in this garden. Jesus went along there, as his, uh, as his practice was, to seek the Father. He went with his disciples 
to a place called Gethsemane, just down the slopes from Jerusalem, across the King Valley, by the stream that runs down the bit, and just on the lower slopes of the Mount of Olives, is still there an olive grove, this garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus uh, went in there with his disciples. And uh, they've done this so many times before. But then Jesus says to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He wanted and needed to be alone with the Father. He needed to be able to plead from his very soul for this situation. But he also needed his brothers and his sisters nearby. But he said, wait here while I go over there. He showed them where he was going to go to pray. And he didn't go alone. He took Peter and John and Andrew uh, with him. And, and the scriptures say he began to be sorrowful and troubled. John records this in John chapter 12, where he says, Jesus says, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came into the world. Jesus, at this point, was absolutely clear what his purpose was, that he had come into the world to, to, to die in order to pay for our salvation. He had come into the world to, to be the sacrifice for us. And he began to become sorrowful and troubled as the, the, the man Christ Jesus began to feel and know the anguish that was waiting for him in the coming hours. He said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Jesus was fighting a battle here that we can barely understand. We have a grasp of, of the Father, we have a grasp of the disciples, we have a grasp of, 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 of the ministry and the miracles of Jesus. But this is the, the, the pinnacle of things. Jesus is going to die for you and for me. Not only for me and you, but for the whole of mankind. Everyone who turns to Jesus will be saved. He said to Peter, uh, James and John, I said Andrew before, it was James and John. He said, stay here and keep watch with me. He's left the majority of his disciples further back. Now he's got these three who he was closest to nearby. And he just goes a little further. In verse 39 of Matthew chapter 26, it says, going a little further. Jesus went beyond where the other disciples stopped. He went beyond where the three disciples stopped and he went a little further. He didn't fall short of the job at hand. He didn't have, 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 have um, unnecessary reservations. He was determined that he would fulfill his purpose and he went a little further. And the scriptures tell us that he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. This happened three times. The first time he prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not what I will, but as you will. After saying that prayer, it tells us that he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men have kept watch with me for one hour? 
he asked Peter. Watch and pray that you fall not into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus was battling that. He knew, he knew that he was willing to go and do it, but he was worried about what he physically would have to face. That no man had died a death like this before. How could he, he, he face that? And there are times when, when we are, we are taken with the word of God. We go to a conference, we read a book and we're inspired by it and we want to follow through. We want to trust God more. We want to turn to the scriptures, but we find that we begin to have reservations. But what if people say this? What if that happens there? And we need to recognize that we've got to overcome our apprehension. We've got to overcome our fears if we are to be like our Lord. He could say from experience, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But we know that with the power of the spirit upon him, he was able to press him. A second time, it says, he went and prayed again. My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken, unless I drink it, may your will be done. The wording is different. The first time it was my father, if it is possible. But now it's my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. He's now coming to the realization his first prayer was, if it's possible to take it, take it. But now he's come back and he's praying, if it's not possible, then I'll do it. I'll go for it. I'll fulfill your purpose, your way. The, th- the second time he's come and prayed, he is moved uh, forwards and trusted in God because he knew that that was the right thing. He came back again. He found the disciples sleeping. It says their eyes were heavy. He didn't wake them this time. He just said he left them and went away once more and played the thir- prayed the third time, saying the same thing. The same thing that he just said. If it is not possible for this cup to be taken from me, unless I drink it, may your will be done. The will of the Father. Remember that great verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And as Jesus is saying to the Father, we will do it as you will, as you want that to happen, Father. You do it. And that, at that point, the Father's will was established and the battle was won because no matter what pain Jesus had to face as he was fulfilling the purposes of God, he was going to be victorious. He was going to see the result that was necessary, salvation for whoever calls upon him. When he came back, it says, he found, he again found them asleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them 
and went to pray the same way. He prayed the same way, establishing that, not just praying it once, but praying it twice to make it clear. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come. The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Jesus, from that point on, we see he is arrested. He is tried. An innocent man is found guilty. He is taken to from one leader to another. And eventually the, the, the Roman governor who could find no fault in him commanded that he be crucified. That brings us nicely to a time of communion. Just a few hours before those events and Jesus' prayer to the Father on our behalf. Uh, Luke records it in chapter 22 and verse 14. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfilment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you that I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. As you partake of those emblems this morning, the bread and the wine, just give a thought to that battle. The first one that Adam failed in the Garden of Eden, but then that great victory in the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus laid himself out before the Father, giving himself as our sacrifice even before he was crucified. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great love to us. We thank you for the way you care for us and for all mankind. We pray, Lord, that we will live our lives more for you than ever before, that we will follow the example of our Lord and Saviour and trust you in every situation. As we are separated from one another this morning, my prayer is that by the Spirit we will have fellowship one with another, that there will be that knowledge of a greater uh, body than what is around us, and that we are for a few days, few weeks perhaps, separated one from another. But Lord, we will come back stronger. We will come back closer to you. We will come back ready to serve you. Lord, bless these emblems as we partake of them in your precious name. Amen.